Alright students, let's talk now about Virgil's book two, part two. Yesterday, or the day before rather, we talked about the beginning to bark, book two. And in the beginning of book two, we met a couple, we saw a couple of interesting things. What uh, large effigy was placed in front of the Trojan walls, which needed to be taken in, in order for the Achaeans to eventually destroy the Trojans by means of subterfuge rather than strength? Yes? The Trojan horse. The Trojan horse. A large wooden horse. But we all remarked that that's sort of a ridiculous strategy because if we have been at war with you for 10 straight years and then all of a sudden we disappear and there's a large wooden horse so large that people could be inside of it, what are people probably going to think about that large wooden horse that's sitting right outside of our city instead of in the Kian camp? Danger. Danger. Yes, but that's an obvious trap. And in fact, there was a guy, Thymoetes, who said, let's bring it in. We don't think he's very smart. There's a guy named Cathos who said, let's uh, throw it off a of what? Throw it off a cliff. Smart idea. Let's burn it so that if anybody's inside, we can burn it alive. That's a smart idea. What was the name of the priest who also thought that we should dispose of this horse because he fears Greeks even when they bear gifts? Back, took a spear and threw it at that horse. Yes? Laocoon. And what was the name of the funny, nude, bound man? who is an Achaean spy who is going to tell a tremendous lie to the Trojans, such a tremendous lie that it will lead to their very downfall. Yes? Sinon. All right, let's get into that. I want you to go through in detail Sinon's lie that you've been writing down here, just so that you have it straight in your head, especially for the quiz tomorrow. So, Sinon is found with his arms tied behind his back. His purpose is to trick the Trojans into taking the horse into the city. That's a big task. I want you to think about how scary that would be for him. Uh, what is his defense at this moment? How defensible is his position? It's not. He has no allies next to him. That's very bad. Even Achilleus said that he couldn't fight the church by himself. Uh, does he have access to his own arms at this moment? No, he doesn't even, not even just arms his metonymy. He doesn't have weapons. He doesn't even have the use of his actual arms either. They're bound behind his back. He, does he even have, uh, does he even have, is he exposed to the elements? Is he vulnerable? Is he just as vulnerable or more vulnerable even than Odysseus when he has leafy branch in front of Nausicaa? Yes, he's super vulnerable. And if he's found out to be a traitor or any part of his story doesn't add up, what will the Trojans undoubtedly do to him immediately? They will kill him. And then what will happen to the people in the Trojan horse? They will be killed as well. And then what will happen to the Achaean war effort? It will be destroyed. Is there pressure on this man? This is about as much pressure as you can possibly imagine. Imagine your worst nightmare ever. Maybe you show up to school and you're not wearing what you should be wearing and you're super embarrassed. Anybody ever had a dream like that? You don't have to admit it. In any case, this is worse than your worst possible nightmare. That said, Sinon's going to pull it off. Incredible. So let's look at it. He claims that he was friends with Polymedes. Polymedes was the man who tricked Ulysses into coming into the war. Ulysses didn't want to because he knew a prophecy that said that he would come back how many years after leaving, at poor and shipless? Yes? 20 years. He does actually get some wealth from the five cans, but he doesn't get to keep his wealth from Troy because many of those ships, well, where do they go? Down to the bottom of the ocean. Who destroys most of his ships? Who recalls this? They're giants. They're cannibals. They're not cyclopes. Yes? The Lystragones. Very good. All right. So, Polymenes had tricked Ulysses into coming into the war. And who Ulysses subsequently framed for treason and had killed. So remember that he did not like the fact that Polymedes had tricked him. He then buried gold underneath Polymedes' tent, then took the leader of the Achaeans, Agamemnon, 
there, claim that that gold must have come from Priam, therefore Polymedes is a what? A traitor, or a spy for the Trojans, very good. Uh, even though he actually was not, that is actually a true story about this fictional account. Yes? The Achaeans don't really know, uh, so that's a, that's a really good question. Do the Achaeans actually care that he did that? So th that's sort of funny. You can tell that Virgil was writing this a Roman rather than an actual Greek because you're very astute to notice that the, uh, the Achaeans, uh, if Sinon has told this story to tell to the Trojans, then what is Odysseus Ulysses actually admitting to? The fact that he killed a man unjustly. That's a great question. I've never thought about that. I'm going to have to think about that some. Um, for the moment, I'm going to say just forget that question, but keep it in the back of your mind. All right, good, 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 good. All right, Sinon supposedly saw that this happened to Polymedes, and he swore vengeance on Ulysses. Eurypylus, then, was sent to Apollo to find out how to escape the war. By blood and the slaying of a virgin, Grecians, you still the winds. By blood, seek out your homeward way. Line 64, between 64 and 65. Uh... Who must be sacrificed is the question then. Because by blood and by the slain of a virgin, somebody must die. Somebody must die. Remember, this is a trick of Ulysses. We know there is a prophecy that somebody must die, but we now need to know who must die. Ulysses then pays off Calchas, the great prophet of the Greeks, the, uh, the Achaeans, who was the person who first determined that Iphigenia, a daughter of Agamemnon, must die. He is paid off in order to say that who must die. Because who needs to be uh, killed in order for Ulysses to be safe from accusation? Sinon. Very good, very good. So, Ulysses bribes Calchas to choose Sinon, day of the sacrifice. Sinon fled and now is here. So now Sinon has good reason to act against which people? The Achaeans, because he has unjustly been chosen for sacrifice by them to serve the interests of of Ulysses, and so since they've acted unjustly against him, are they his friends or are they his enemies? His enemies. And that's the story he tells to the Trojans. Is that a good story? It's an excellent story. What man would be so crazy that he would, naked, alone, and bound, go in front of an enemy camp and expect to be taken seriously? Apparently this man. This man. Ah, uh, yes. And I don't know if I say it on the slides. Yes, I do say it on the slides. Good. Priam? Lines 204 to 2.13, believes him and frees him. Part 2 of Sinon's lie. Because he's accounted for why he's there, but he has not yet accounted for the presence of what in front of the Trojan wall? <clears throat> the horse. So what is that horse doing there? Well, he claims that the Danaeans, remember that's another name for the Greeks, the Achaeans, the Argives, long wished to leave or finish the war with the help of Palace, that's Minerva, Athena. But when Ulysses and Diomede stole her palladium, the statue of Minerva, Pallas, Athena, with their profane hands, she showed herself three times in fire to the Achaeans in their camp, in anger, rage. And so, knowing now that Athena, Minerva, Pallas was against them, the Achaeans knew that they could never do what at this point? The goddess of wisdom is against you, and she's also the goddess of warcraft. What are you definitely not going to win? The war. And so this is part of the lie. This is part of the lie. Actually, we know that the palladium is a symbol for wisdom, which has been stolen for Troy, which means who is actually going to lose? They are. They are the Trojans, not the Achaeans. 
And so nothing is as it seems. Very good. Nothing is as it seems. And so to make up for the Palladium and the fact that they despoiled it, the Greeks built a massive effigy, the horse. The horse was an animal sacred to the Trojans because they lived on a plain and they bred excellent horses. Remember that, of course, Aeneas was known to have very good horses and that uh, Ulysses and Diomedes were very happy to get those horses from him. Uh, in any case, good. Sign-on ends with this. If you hurt or in any way profane this horse, which is a gift to you and to Minerva, you will be destroyed. Ooh. But if you keep it, Troy will forever stand against Greece and more. True or lie? Lie. Big time lie. Big time lie. All right. After, this is when Laocoon actually throws the spear at the horse. He thinks fully of this, this message, of this, this sign-on. But after he throws the spear, something miraculous happens. Something diabolical, even. Out from Tenedos, which is the island behind which the Achaeans had been hiding. Two large serpents with blood-red crests and fire eyes. And you might consider this a bit of foreshadowing for what is going to happen on this night. Serpents come out from behind Tenedos and destroy something, the Trojans. Well, here they choose one, and actually three. As they see Laocoon, they see his two sons next to him. I'll show you a very famous image of this in a moment. From Tenedos, two large serpents with blood-red crests and fire eyes slither through the water and come out straight for Laocoon and his two sons. They strangle Laocoon's sons first. It's terrible for him to have to watch his sons die. And then they strangle him. And then the snakes slither away to the temple of Minerva. What do people assume has just happened? What do they assume now is true? They must assume that if you do what, what will happen to you? If you mess with the horse, then you will die. Sinon must have been telling the what they all figure then. The truth, right? They accept it. <coughs> Minerva is working completely against the Trojans here. She is working her magic. And so the people are convinced. Since Laocoon threw a spear at the horse and then paid the price, well, they would end up paying the price if they hurt the horse. So what they do is they break down a portion of the wall and they bring the horse in. They have the greatest party of their lives, and the last party of their lives. They go to sleep happy and content for the final time. And actually, I'll show you the image of Laocoon here. It's very famous. Here's Laocoon looking pretty sad. There are his two sons. And there are the snakes eating him. How symbolic that is, too. My goodness. And then the screams began. The Greeks descend from the horse. Ulysses, Neoptolemus, also called Pyrrhus, Menelaus, Thoas, Thinalus, Epius, who was the guy who made the horse. Make sure you know that. Machaon. What was Machaon's big time job? He was one of two people that could do this alongside Polydorus in uh, the Iliad. What's he do? What's he do that makes him so important that even Achilles cares about when he's injured and taken off the battlefield? Yes. He's a healer. Very good. He's a doctor. And Hector then appears to Aeneas in a dream. Again, in a dream. We're so often seeing dreams. Agamemnon has a dream. Achilles has 
a dream. Um, soon we will actually see more dreams in this text, the Aeneid, as well. Hector appears to Aeneas in a dream. He's all despoiled and disfigured as if he has been just dragged behind a chariot. It's pretty horrifying looking. Imagine your face all scraped off like that. Ugh. In any case, he tells Aeneas to flee with the holy things in the household gods of Troy. They are called the De Panates. He's going to have to flee with the essence of Troy with him. Troy as a physical place is no longer going to exist. And so the what of Troy must continue on if the Trojans will continue on. Once your body's gone, it's just your what? Your spirit, the soul of Troy, right? Seek out the great walls that at long last you will establish across the sea, is what Hector says. So basically, there's going to be a short journey or a long journey. Extremely long. He's going to have to cross seas and build his own walls. That means he's at least going to have to go on a journey and then build a city. And, well, spoiler alert, he's also going to have to have a three-year-long war, too. And he's going to fail several times, too. And how easy is it to pick yourself up after failing and get started again? It's the hardest thing in the world. Hardest thing in the world. In any case, the Achaeans are now in the city, slaughtering the Trojans. Meanwhile, the howls of war confound the city. Aeneas, insane! Again, notice that reference to the fact that he is out of his wits. He is letting emotion, not reason, bear him. He is very un... What's that Roman philosophical school that's supposed to govern all Romans? Un-stoic. He is very unstoic. They are called the Stoics. Good. Insane! I seize my weapons. There's no sense in weapons, yet my spirit burns. Why is there no sense in weapons? Because Troy is already going to fall. They're doomed. The second their walls are open, they're ten to one Achaeans to Trojans. There's no way they're going to stand against them, especially with Minerva on their side. They have every single advantage. They're dead. Panthus then says, we Trojans were. Troy has been. Notice that use of the past tense and the present perfect. That means that Troy is already in the what? In the past, in the ground, it's gone. The city is on fire. It is burning. Aeneas uselessly joins the young men who are fighting. What tears could equal our agony? Imagine that fighting a war that you already know is lost. Being in a corner, 30 people around you, two of you, the story is done. But fight on. Yes? Why does it say we Trojans were? Because they're a group of young men. Oh. Yes, very good, very good. All right. Coroibus, who is a lover of Cassandra, one of the daughters of Priam, sees her dragged from a temple. Sees her dragged probably by Aias the Lesser, and dies trying to save her. He runs trying to save her. It's useless. He has to die knowing that he has failed to save the woman that he loves. Terrible feeling. Can you even imagine? Can you even imagine this sort of thing that happened during the sacking? Ripheus, too, you'll see him near the top of heaven next year in the Paradiso. He is one of the just rulers for some Odd reason. Apparently, uh, Dante just wanted to show how closely he read Virgil. But something uh, that you hear about him, you only get a couple sentences, is that he was renowned for justice. And he will be amongst the just rulers in heaven, sphere six of Jupiter. O final flames that take my people. Aeneas then approaches Priam's palace. Notice the sense of motion. Things are moving what? Slow or fast? Fast, so fast, things are spinning out of control. He's losing more than he can even process. And so, he gets to Priam's palace, and oh my goodness, things are not good there. Because we see Pyrrhus, Neoptolemus, like a poisonous young snake, attack. The women kiss the doors to the palace as it falls. They're kissing it what? Goodbye, that's right. The gate to the inner sanctum is broken. And Hecuba and Priam and his hundred daughters 
Well, those hundred daughters are going to be concubines now. They're going to be slaves. Hecuba is going to be led away. And according to Ovid, she actually turns into a dog after watching one of her other sons killed in front of her. Yeah, uh, Ovid's metamorphoses. Everybody turns into something at the end of those stories. And, well, Priam, you're going to see how he ends. The end of Priam. Priam dons his old armor. Is he going to be able to stand against the son of Achilles? Absolutely not. It is a symbolic gesture. Pyrrhus slays in front of... Uh, this I laugh. I laugh because this is so cruel, not because it's funny. But Pyrrhus slays Pilates in front of his parents, Hecuba and, and uh, uh, Priam. It's as if it's not bad enough for Priam to see his people dying and his city burning. He also needs to see his own son die. It's like a symbol for the fact that Troy is now dying. Or at least its body is dying because its spirit will live on through whom? Aeneas, right. Priam says, Pyrrhus is not like his father. He's like an anti-Telemachus. Pyrrhus actually says, and I wish I had put a little thing here, a little bookmark here to show you what he said. I might look for it for a second here, but Pyrrhus actually says something extremely cruel. Mm-hmm. I'm at the page. Ah, yes, here it is. Pyrrhus speaks lines 735 in the Mandelbaum to around 750. After uh, Priam has said, you are not your father, you're nothing like him. That said, he says you're nothing like your father because, of course, Achilles was at least pitiful enough or kind enough to give back Hector's body. Though he did kill Hector sort of right in front of Priam, though Priam was on the wall. This is what Pyrrhus says, carry off these tidings. Go and bring this message to my father. Son of Peleus, and remember, let him know my sorry doings. How degenerate is Neoptolemus? Now die. Listen to how disrespectfully he kills a king. This said, he dragged him to the very altar stone with Priam shuddering and slipping in the blood that streamed from his own son. He's dragging Priam through whose blood? His son's blood, who he just killed right in front of him. And Pyrrhus with his left hand clutched the tight hair of Priam, so he's dragging him by his hair. His right hand drew his glistening blade, and then he buried it hilt high in the king's side. This was the end of Priam's destinies. The clothes that fell to him by fate, to see his Troy in flames, and Pergamus laid low, who once was proud king over many nations and lands of Asia. Now he lies along the shore, a giant trunk, his head torn from his shoulders, as a corpse without name. Call no man happy until he is what? Dead indeed. Very good. Very good. Hmm. We're going to have to get a new back to this thing. It's coming off pretty easily. Maybe a tape job. In any case, yes. Aeneas watches all this. He sees the king is dead. He sees the city has fallen. And then he shifts modes. He's been in war mode trying to fight. Now what's he think of? He thinks of his family. He goes into fear mode. Where is my wife? Where is my child? Where is my father Anchises? I need to go get them. I need to flee. All right. I thought about reading this to you, but on the way home, he sees Helen. I want you to think about the emotions that would fill your heart if you were to see Helen in this moment. You might blame her for what at this moment? The fall of Troy. Everything that you've just seen, and you see her skulking about, and then you think about her taken safely home to Sparta, and what do you think about doing to her in that moment? What would justice be in that moment? You think about killing her. But luckily for Aeneas, his mother is looking out for him. Venus, she comes down. She says, no, 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 no. That would be a totally ignoble thing to do for you to kill Helen in this moment. She also uh, 
protects Helen for a good reason. Um, that said, Aeneas in this moment has to restrain himself from doing something bestial, something that he would very much like to do, but that's something that in some way or another might be unjust. He just can't stand the idea that Trojans are now going to be slaves, are being killed, and she's going to be safe. It just does not sit with him well. And so in any case, she then does something that Athena Minerva was known to do for Diomedes during Book 5. She says, do not blame Helen for the fall of Troy. Let me rip the clouds from your eyes so that you can see the gods. Notice that this is the gods doing. He then sees Neptune over the city, Poseidon destroying it. He sees Minerva over the city destroying it. He sees Juno and Hera. He sees that this is the will of the who's. The gods. It's, there's nothing he can do. He's powerless. Very good. Go find your father, she says. And then uh, there's a beautiful simile of Troy's fall. We'll talk about that one soon. We just got to keep moving today. Anchises is then reached. He says, leave me to die. Had my gods wanted me to live, they would not have destroyed my city. Like many old people for Hurricane Katrina hit, unfortunately, who shared, who shared the same fate that he would have shared. Fortunately, though, he sees a comet, a flame above Ulysses' head. This gives him inspiration for the future. It's a symbol. He sees light above a, the future generations of Trojans. He sees a light above his grandson, which means that there is a future for his people. So there is a reason for him to live. Uh, small historical note, there was a comment at the funeral of Julius Caesar, which Augustus Caesar, his adopted son, used as a pretense to declare Julius Caesar was a god, which then would mean that he, as a relative, though not blood relative, was the son of a god. So, Anchises hops on the back of Aeneas, Ulysses along his side, Creusa, his wife, follows from behind. While they are sneaking, they run into a pack of Achaeans, and then they flee. When you run, what do you think of? When you're running in panic from someone, what do you think about? Just escaping, nothing else. Well, Anchises is on Aeneas' back, Ulysses is holding his hand, who is not in physical contact with Aeneas? His wife. He just assumes she's following. And then he turns around. And where is she? She's not there. She's not there at all. He's safe, but he has no idea where she is. And this is where it's going to get sad, and if my voice cracks, because it's sad. My eyes have never had her back again. Does he find her? No. What men, what gods did I in madness, there should be one D there, not accuse? What is he doing? He's running through the streets screaming at the gods for Troy, for Priam, or for whom? His own wife. What has he not lost on this night? His future, his people, his king, his wife. It's unimaginable how much he's lost. He seeks for her through the city, dangerously calling on out the streets. I want you to open your books now to page 53, because I want to look at this. I'll move to the next slide. We only have a couple minutes, but we need to get to this. All right, all right, all right, all right. And now as I approach the gates, 
So he's almost out with his family. This is line 985 in book two. I found the way of my escape. The sudden and frequent tramp of feet was at my ears, and peering through the shades, and Caius cries, My son, take flight, my son, they are upon us. So he sees the Achaeans. I see their gleaming shields and flashing bronze. At this alarm, I panic. Very on what? He's overcome by emotion here, and he's going to lose something because of it, something of uh, incalculable value to him. Very on stoic. Very good. At this alarm, I panicked. Some unfriendly god's power ripped away my tangled mind. For while I take a trackless path, deserting the customary roads, fate tears me from my wife, Creusa, in my misery. I cannot say if she had halted or had wandered off the road or slumped down weary. My eyes have never had her back again. I did not look behind for her astray or think of her before we reached the mound of and ancient... Uh, the mound and ancient sacred shine of Ceres. Of Ceres, that's, uh, uh, that's where we get the word cereal. That's Demeter. Here at last, it's true, it's true because she's the goddess of grain. Uh, here at last, when all were gathered, she alone was missing. Gone from husband, son, companions. What men, what gods did I in madness not accuse? Did I see anything more cruel within the fallen city? I commit Ascania saying, Kaisis and the gods of Troy to my companions, hiding them. Inside a winding valley, I myself again seek out the city, girding on my gleaming arms. I want to meet all wrists again, return through all of Troy, again give back my life to danger. First I seek the city walls and the gateways, shadowed thresholds through which I come before, and I retrace my footsteps. Through the night I make them out. My spirit is held by horror everywhere. Even the very silence terrifies what is he afraid of finding. His dead wife, yes. Not his wife, but his dead wife. Then I move homeward. If by chance, by chance, she may have made her way there. But the Danaeans had flooded in and held the house. At once the hungry conflagration rolls before the wind, high as the highest rooftop. Flames are towering overhead. The boiling tide is raging to the heavens. I go on. Again, I see the house of Priam in the fortress. Down the empty porticos in Juno's sanctuary, I can see both Phoenix and fierce Ulysses, chosen as guardians at watch over the booty. And here... From every quarter heaped together are Trojan treasures torn from burning altars. Okay, moving, moving forward, moving forward, moving forward. Uh, yes, uh, okay, the next stanza. Oh, uh, we're going to run out of time, but I want you all, even though the bell is going to ring, to listen to this. And more, I even dared to cast my crimes across the shadows in my sorrow again, again in vain, called Creusa. My shouting filled the streets, but as I rushed and raged among the houses endlessly, before my eyes there stood the effigy and grieving shade of my Creusa, image far larger than the real I was dismayed, my hair stood stiff, my voice held fast within my jaws. She spoke, her words undid my cares. Oh, my sweet husband, is there any use in giving way to such fan fanatic sorrow? For this could never come to pass without the God's decree, and you are not to carry Creusa as your comrade, since the king of high Olympus does not grant you that. She's what? Along your way lie, there's one last piece I just want you to hear. Long exile, vast plains of sea that you must plow, but you will reach Hesperia where Lydian Tiber flows a tranquil stream through farmers' fruitful fields. So that's his fate. There, one moment, days of gladness lie in wait for you, a kingdom and a royal bride. Ooh, enough of tears for love, Creusa. I am not to see the haughty homes of Myrmidons or of Dilopians, or be a slave to Grecian matrons. I, a Darden woman and wife of Venus' son, it is the gods' great mother who keeps me upon these shores. And now, farewell, and love the son we share, but she will never 
Figaro into a king, thus the fall of Troy.